Welcome to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Yeah, like he said, welcome to Community Echoes. I'm your host, Wayne Hughes, uh, and I have James Mills on the board with me. Thank you, James. Uh, I have with me uh, Shannon Elliott. Now, Shannon, I know you wear a couple of different hats, and but we're here to talk about your volunteering at the Pine View Volunteer Fire Department. Sure. And I'm going to ask you a few questions about Pine View Fire Department first, but maybe you tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, you know, where you grew up, uh, some of your experiences, and what led you to where you are today. Well, I'm a few months short of retirement uh, from working with the provincial government, so the Volunteer Fire Department has always been a uh, add-on and a nice-to-do, as um, I've always believed in volunteering in the community uh, throughout the years. Uh, Prince George is actually home. My uh, family lives here, uh, along with my husband. Uh, I've got uh, a niece and a nephew and a great-niece that I love spending some time with, um, but in terms of... Sorry, apparently I'm not close enough to the mic. Yes, a little closer. <laughs> We want to hear you. We want to hear you. So, uh, yeah, so just as I said, looking forward to doing some retirement. Love pickleball. Uh, love going out for, for walks in the community. Uh, my husband and I uh, do our, our, our thing for the, the community, and we uh, recycle the pop cans. We spend a fair bit of time in the summer, and, and believe it or not, there's a lot of people out there that still are uh, throwing stuff out there where they shouldn't be at the end of the day. But uh, just enjoying life, and, and part of the fire, the fire department is doing that, um, giving back to the community. Um, the Palm View Volunteer Fire Department is a volunteer department. We do not get paid. Uh, we, we do this out of the goodness of our heart and want to give back to our community. And it's a really, really nice social network that we have with the uh, guys and girls um, at the department. Um, there are a number of departments actually in the um, regional district of Fraser Fort George. There's 13 in total. Uh, some departments actually do give a hourly rate or a stipend um, because they've had some difficulties uh, with volunteering or getting people to uh, join their department, uh, whereas our department is still one where, uh, as I said, you, you come in and you put your time in and, and you're just doing it because you know it's the right thing to do for the community. Sure. I mean, and to put in perspective, the city of Prince George has a fire department, but a lot of the areas just outside of Prince George depend on these volunteer fire departments. Correct. And um, it's my understanding that these fire, all volunteer fire departments, although they, they don't assist with the Prince George fire department, they could, in the event of an extreme emergency, they would have access to perhaps your resources as well. Yeah. So one example of that is the uh, Prince George Airport. Two-thirds of the runway actually is in Pineview's fire protection area. Oh, it's great. it's an area D. So one-third city. Um, but in the cases like that where um, there's a potential where aircraft's in distress, um, not only will the fire department for the airport um, be present, but they'll call the city and they'll call um, our area. Pineview Volunteer Fire Department also does AED Rescue, which is more of the the, the the auto extrication piece. So they would right. call us in as a fire department to support the the uh, airport fire department, but also if there was any need for support along those ways. So there are times where we'll do that. Likewise, um, during the summer, um, there are a number of uh, city departments along with volunteer departments um, that help out the province uh, during the wildfires, whether that's doing sprinkler um, protection or doing uh, like tender support. So those are times where you'll see career fire departments and volunteer fire departments. Um, some departments are paid on call. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Everyone's there uh, wanting to uh, support um, the community and try to help people so that they don't lose their homes and livelihood. Right. Now, I think one of your more um, common duties is is just brush fires. 
It's one of them. Uh, we've been fairly fortunate that uh, as Fire Smart is out there from the BC government, and it's it's actually across Canada, encouraging people to make sure that you're they're being smart about what they're doing and how their houses are set up and not burning. Um, but yes, we do get called out to grass fires, uh, to people lighting things on fire when it gets really windy, when probably wasn't a smart thing to do, and uh, uh, coming out to be able to support that. And when we have situations like that, because we are a volunteer department, uh, well, if it's something big, we will call out other volunteer fire departments within the encatchment area um, because we need the, what we refer to as the manpower or um, in terms of personnel, and then also we need the water support. The majority of our fire departments, because we're not in city limits, we don't have fire hydrants. Um, we rely on a uh, shuttle service where we're pulling water from, and some departments have underground reservoirs. Um, other departments have, they'll just go to a, a local lake or a pond. And sometimes in the spring, you got a lot of water in ditches, and that's where you're pulling your water source from. So that's how we're relying on one another to actually be able to put out the bigger fires, um, is having other departments bring the water and additional uh, people to support us. Right, because you just don't have fire hydrants in the middle of the bush. Uh, no, we, we're fortunate in Pineview because we do have a community well system that we do have a couple local uh, fire hydrants, but you know we have a lot of people in Pineview that aren't on that process, so you do need to shuttle the water back and forth. Right. So just getting back to your point, now in your experience in the, over the last year or maybe the last couple of years, has that fire smart message started to ring true with the residents in Pineview? Or are those incidents of carelessness maybe declining? Or are they increasing? Uh, I would say that we, it's hopefully it's getting better. I think there's still going to be the the cases where you have the people burning uh, their grass when really they shouldn't have, right? Sure. Or they think it's going to be a nice calm day and it's not. But when I drive around, I certainly see some homes that have uh, done the fire smarting. They've cleared their bush. They're making sure that there's nothing immediately nearby their house that's easily uh, can catch on fire. Um, you know, they're doing what they need to do at the end of the day. And neighbors are watching out for other neighbors too, right? And, and holding them accountable sometimes because what happens in your yard could come into my yard. Of course. Yeah. yeah. The fire has no boundaries. Yeah. And so I have a little, you, you, she was very gracious to, to bring me a list of, of, points that they have on their website and I would encourage people that if they're interested in the volunteer fire department now I'm wondering do you need to be just a resident of Pineview to volunteer for the Pineview fire department or in that case a resident of whatever catchment to join that fire department so the the common rule usually is that you should be living in the area where your volunteer fire department is. However, um, there are a number of departments, because they said of recruitment issues, um, they have opened that up. There are um, some departments that have people that live in the city limits um, volunteering, um, no matter you know which department there are. Um, some area, some departments have a just a radius, so that may inc- incorporate a a city individual at the end of the day, because a lot of the departments do border on the city limits with respect to that. But at the end of the day, each department is, is has their own kind of rules with respect to that. And if you're interested in volunteering and you don't live in a volunteer fire area, you could always call up to um, a, a fire department in the area that you may want to volunteer and see what their uh, requirements are. Um, the regional district of Fraser Fort George has a website, which is what I've provided to Wayne. Um, you can always contact um, their generic number and, and ask to speak to someone in regional district as to, um, you know, a fire department in your area, um, which is what, again, I just pulled off some contact numbers and stuff off the website, which is just really, really easy to do. So that brings us, transitions us to who are the volunteer firefighters in my community? 
Who are these people? Well, they're your, your, your day-to-day individuals. Uh, to belong to most volunteer fire departments, it's usually have to be 19 years or older, although um, some departments have a cadet program where you can be 17 and, and join. You just may not get to do the full duties of a regular firefighter. Uh, but if you're 19 and older, uh, we have had people said with a junior cadet program that have been 17 and we've had individuals that have been with us that have been over 70 years old and retired um they could be truck drivers uh government workers uh some are students uh some are are full-time um parents at home um that are able to arrange uh daycare services to be able to come in and join um right now i'm fortunate that my husband has belongs to the same fire department but we've had mothers and daughters fathers and sons fathers and daughters uh don't think we've had any mothers and sons yet um but we've had some you know families that have come in and, and make it a entire uh evening at the end of the day for them to come in and, and and enjoy the activities that we have it's not just about coming in and fighting fires or going to a car accident um or doing medical which is medical's majority of what we get called for um but it's part of it's being back being part of a community with Pineview, um, we regularly have socials, barbecues, Christmas parties. Um, bar- you know, as I said, part of that piece is that you're not just coming in, you know, doing your two and a half hours or two hours and leaving. We socialize afterwards, and then you get to really know a person um, outside of what we do at the fire department and, and really what their maybe their home life and stuff's like. Sure, and you have a lot of training opportunities. I mean, um, um, if you're interested, there's, I guess there's different routes you can take. If you, if you really want to get into that medical end of things, you have an opportunity to learn uh, a little more extensive first aid treatment than your average first aid, correct? Yeah, some, the fire departments have an option to provide first aid or not. Not every uh, fire department does. Um, in our hall, um, we ref- we take what we refer to as the first responder program um, that you're trained to for that level to be able to support ambulance. At the end of the day, we're there as a support for, for ambulance, but understandably, if you have a car over an embankment, you are the one that needs to do that first aid at the bottom of that embankment to get them into a, a basket to get them up at the top of the hill. Um, in terms of the training piece from we've got that first aid every um, person that joins a volunteer fire department because ideally that is what your taxes are paying is for fire protection sure um is that you uh, do the training to what uh, bc has is the uh the playbook training so i can't say maybe seven years ago the government made the decision to make sure that there was uniform training being done with every fire department whether you're a career or you were volunteer to ensure that you Everyone is being trained to a standard. So um, every department can choose how they want to do that training as long as they train to that standard. So that is ensured that we're providing you, you know, if you're a training officer or department, making sure as you come in that you're going to be given quality training, whether it's done in-house or if you've got a professional agency that wants, you can afford that to have them come in and do the training. Um, that's fine. But we want to make sure that you're trained to that level so that you're capable and you feel comfortable to be able to 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 do what you need to do on a scene. But it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're not comfortable um, going into a burning building, because that's just not your... There's so many other things in every fire department that you can still come in to be able to help. Maybe you're that person that's running the truck. Because understandably, if you're 70 years old, maybe you don't want to go right into a, to a right. building or putting a fire out. But, you know, you, maybe that's your profession and you love running trucks. And everyone everyone has a job and everyone has a, um, a piece to do um, when they're at the scene. 
Right, and you, you, I guess you don't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, you don't have to be, a, you know, an A1 physical condition to to join the fire department either. I mean, it's good that you're healthy or that you're mobile, but, you know, like you said, the range is from 18 to 80, really, because you could all fit in a role. Yeah. You, you all have fit a role. You still need to obtain a um, medical. Um, every the regional district requires everyone to have a medical before they they receive a pager, just to ensure that you actually don't have any major um, things that may come up when you are fighting a fire. Um, you still need to train to a certain level, but understandably, as I said, there's a role for everyone in the departments. Um, some departments may have members that aren't active in terms of uh, fighting fires, but they have other pieces where they'll come in and they'll help with cleanup at a hall and stuff. I can't again speak to every hall at the end of the day, um, but we still make sure that even if we've had that 70-year-old that came in for training, that um, they, they're still successful in completing the training as they need to. Um, they just may not be um, you know, lifting the weights or, or doing stuff that you know certain aspects of um, some of the training requires them to do. Sure, and the training it, it isn't necessarily all um, mashed into one week or one weekend. You can take your time going through the training period. Yeah. So every hall is a little bit different. Um, most fire halls in this regional district train on Tuesday nights. Uh, we train on Thursday nights. Um, but in terms of showing up, if you can, on Thursday nights um, or, t- said, or Tuesday night, um, sometimes there are weekends and other evenings involved, especially when you are a newer um, recruit coming in because there is, you know, that much more you need to learn um, in order to get your pager to respond. But, they, you know, we have people that do shift work. Um, we have people that um, work on weekends. Um, so we, we try to, every hall tries to accommodate because we appreciate if you're choosing to come and join the hall, uh, we are giving your time away from your family, from your work, potentially, um, and you're just your personal life. So we try to, every hall tries to accommodate that at the end of the day because we need the volunteers. Um, so however you can come and volunteer your time, um, we appreciate that. I've always said that family first then work, if you are still working, then the fire department. It should always be in that order um, because at the end of the day, I still need to pay my bills and stuff. And so leaving you know, work to, to go to fire, and I have done that. I make arrangements with my supervisor for that. But understandably, if, if someone's house or if my house is burning in my community, I want to be able to leave and um, to be able to, as I said, be helpful. Right. And, and again, back to the training, it rotates. So if you, you miss one, miss a Thursday, you can still fit in because the, the training kind of goes on a rotation and you eventually can catch back up to. You, yeah. In terms of you can't attend because you're at work or you're on holidays and stuff like that, that, that training will come around again. Um, or there may be opportunities again, every hall is a little different that maybe they will have makeup training so that you're always being able to keep up to your, your skill level. But, um, so you said it's not that we, we would like you to be there every Thursday because that's how you learn and you learn as a group. But we also, too, uh, respect that if you are not available every Thursday, we still would like for you to come in and make it. And we want to try and make it work for you to be part of our, our team. Right. I think part of the idea of the volunteer fire department is to have as many volunteers as you can get so that individuals can don't have to be there on that consistent of a basis, right? That you would have enough people to fill in 
uh, any given week with people, you know, having having lives. You know, they have other things to do with their lives, so they can't necessarily be there on each occasion, right? Yeah. The larger the pool, the the, the better the resource, yeah. right? And as I said, if it's a major incident, we do rely on other departments um, that we will call them out for what we refer to as mutual aid um, to make sure, as he said, that we're able to provide that support, whatever that support is at the end of the day that the community needs. Right. And I've seen the fire department. Uh, you have up-to-date modern equipment. Uh, I'm just wondering, you must have a core group of men and women that you rely on on a consistent basis. Is there about a dozen or so? It really depends, again, on people's uh, personal schedules, work schedules. Um, There's certainly some people have more flexibility and are there on every call. Um, But then there's other individuals, as they said, that if you have an employer that you can't take that time off, no matter what the circumstance are, that's fine too, right? Because you still need, as I said, pay your bills at the end of the day. Um, But understandably, yeah, there there are people that come and go in terms of their availability. Um, My husband, who's presently retired, uh, has a lot more availability than than other individuals. So. So uh, just out of curiosity, now I understand that this statistic would vary depending on week to week, but on average for a month, how many calls would you, you know, go out on? And unfortunately, Wayne, I don't have the statistics sitting in front of me for my department. Um, because our department does do medical um, motor vehicle accidents and fire, um, I would say that, you know, on average, we, we do a, under about 200 um, a year. We, I think we've reached over 200 one year, um, got quite busy. But I know other departments that may have less people or less um, areas to serve, they may get 40, 50 calls a year. And if you don't do medical, you can even get a lot less calls at the end of the day. Because again, we're, when we get called for medical, it's usually for a serious matter that we're supporting the ambulance um, to be able to do that. So um, I know that our hall um, and Beaverly's are one of the more busier ha- uh, halls. We do have the, the um, rescue service that's tied to it. So that I think just increases our volume at the end of the day. Um, but as I said, it, it varies at the end of the day in terms of um, what the halls get called for, for volume. But Okay, so, but it sounds like lots of work or lots of experience for people. Okay, we're going to go to a quick break. Uh, but we'll, when we come back, I want to talk about just your experience as a firefighter. Hello, this is Morris Shasang. To get a feel on what's happening across the country, listen to Viewpoints. For reports, interviews, and documentaries on politics, arts and culture, the environment, housing, and more. Thanks to 30 journalists stationed in the Canadian provinces and territories. Local news nationwide. Monday nights at 11 on CFIS 93.1 FM. Prince George Potter's Guild has plenty of learning opportunities coming up. Beginner Wheel Level 1, Beginner Hand Building Level 1, and Tryout Out Nights Wheel Throwing are all scheduled throughout the fall and winter sessions with more to come. Classes are for ages 16 and up with full details, dates, and registration available on the PG Potter's Guild class page under Programs and Events at studio2880.com. Try it out or take your first step to becoming a potter with the Prince George Potter's Guild at Studio 2880. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly cloudy. A 60% chance of flurries early this afternoon. Wind from the north to 20K, gusting to 40. A high of minus 1 with a wind chill to minus 8. Tonight, clearing. Gusting north winds continuing. A low of minus 9 with a wind chill to minus 16. On Tuesday, sunny. More gusting north winds. A high of minus 4 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 9. You're listening to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I'm here with Shannon Elliott. She's a volunteer of the Pine View Volunteer Fire Department. Now, I know this would embarrass you, 
but you have a title as well. Yes, so I'm a captain within our department. There you go. I know that you feel uncomfortable with that, and a lot of that, I guess, has to do with that camaraderie. I mean, well, I've seen I've seen the volunteers at work, and you guys pitch in, and you share and share alike. This doesn't seem to be a hierarchy there, but I guess when it comes to efficiency, you need to have that hierarchy to for people to understand what their roles are, right? Yeah, our, our chief and deputy chief do a lot of work, and that's, uh, again, a, a volunteer position um, that they, they give a lot of time and effort to, and uh, being a captain or a lieutenant or a, a firefighter or even a cadet... Um, you can have people that put out a lot of time at the end of the day. So I appreciate, yes, there needs to be a hierarchy. You need to follow the instant uh, command system on a scene. So the, I appreciate the importance of that. I've been doing this position or volunteer position since 1999. When I uh, was asked to join by a friend who lived out in Pineview, when I moved um, back to the community, uh, I thought, oh, I'm just going to go and help with uh, fundraising, doing bingos. And she goes, no, we don't do bingos. Um, <laughs> most of the, the volunteer fire departments in the regional district area um you, you your taxes are paying for that that service um but there are a number of volunteer or volunteer fire departments such as willow river where there is not a tax base you are fundraising um to be able to have a, a fire service in your area uh, we had a member that uh left our area and he's now in likely and likely's uh fire service is strictly volunteer but they're not uh, mandated by a regional district so kind of just different rules but everyone as i said still has to to train to that same level of uh fire training um, to ensure that uh, we're keeping people safe because I appreciate whether you're doing this as a career or you're doing this as a volunteer, we, we all want to go home safe to our families. Definitely. And again, that there's that command structure. I mean, this is a fire department and not a, um, I don't know, a, a folk festival. I mean, it, you guys are an organized, uh, well-trained, disciplined unit. And, uh, I mean, that's, I guess, what you are expecting from those that are wanting to volunteer with the fire department. But again, I, I've seen the social side of it too, and it's a bunch of people getting together and, and, and chatting and having a good time and, you know, talking about their lives. So there's a, a real club atmosphere to being in the fire department. So as I was saying, I want to get back to your experience as a firefighter. And I don't want to emphasize the fact that you're a female, but, um, I think people think that females have a difficult time sometimes when it comes to integrating in certain um, situations or certain careers. Fire department, you'd think was maybe, more, you know, and police or like a men's club or whatnot. But what's been your experience with working in the fire department? Well, I can only speak to my experience. When I came in, you know, in 1999, there were, I think, probably four or five uh ladies in the department at that point. Um, actually, the one that re recruited me in uh, was a lady that I was a, as a co-worker. Um, so from that perspective, we've certainly seen them come go. As I said, we've had mother and daughter teams in our, in our department, which was which is great, um, being able to do that. I can't, again, speak for, for the career fire departments. I know that Prince George does have a female firefighter, which is great. Um, I know that that made the news a while back. can't speak now, but I've read a few articles where certainly they're always encouraging individuals to, um, if that's a career choice, um, they're open to being able to do that. Uh, but from just this perspective of being in, in you know, my department yes. and then working with other departments, um, it's just, I don't think there's, there is no, uh, barrier per se as long as you know you're coming in whatever skill level you have whatever you're doing um, with the department that's what counts at the end of the day um it isn't a matter of you know yeah i said i just, I just said i can't really say i've experienced that um in the the 
20 plus years I've been with the department that there's um, that piece. Now, clearly there may be in other departments, um, but for ours, they said it's everyone come in, do your best. Um, you're here to volunteer. We want you. We want you to be able to come back. Again, we want you going home safe and just have a good time. So what was it that inspired you? I mean, there's a lot of different hobbies out there, a lot of different things you could volunteer for. You could go down to the SPCA and look after some kittens and puppies or, or I don't know, um, maybe go to the hospice and look after people that are passing on. But you chose the fire department. Why the fire department? Well, I've always been big in volunteering. I was with Big Brothers and Big Sisters in Prince George and in Dawson Creek uh, for a number of years. And when I came back to, to Prince George and chose um, Pineview as my area to live in, um, it's not like you're downtown, stuff like that. And as I said, I, I had a co-worker, a new co-worker that was volunteering at the time and, and said, come and have some fun. And so when on my very first day there, I was thinking again that I'd just come and get to see everything. Well, he immediately threw me in full turnout gear and a full SCBA mask um, and you know, it was somewhat overwhelming, but it was like, whoa, this is fun. This is fun. This is this is fun doing stuff that I don't do in my normal day-to-day job um, where I, you know, I, I, I do work with people. I do uh, work and do a lot of documentation on a computer, but this is an opportunity to get out with my hands and and work with people and, and working with people that um, are there because they choose to be there. Um, not people, you know, where you work with choose to be there too, but they're also being paid. People are doing this and they're not being paid. So that just brings a whole different level to um, they're they're wanting to be there and it's an, and it's a sense of community right at the end of the day I socialize with you know a few people outside the fire department um, you know we've we've had bonfires and people have lakefront properties and and stuff like that so you know everyone in the department you know kind of picks and chooses in terms of what works for them in terms of the 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 people that they meet so sure. so as he said it's that it's that social aspect that I think draws a lot of people in understandably uh, over the years we've had a number of young men um, I don't think we've had any young ladies but um, that have come into our department to get trained to get experience so they could get on with the career fire department um, so it's great that that was an avenue available to them, um, that they were local Pineview kids growing up and saw the fire trucks going by and they were able to come in and, and do that. So um, so we've got a, quite a few um, members that are now with the city and, and are doing great great job right um, doing that. So uh, all the power to them. That's not my career path. My career path is it is retirement coming up in a couple months so uh, that I can go out and when you say, what do I do? I uh, love playing pickleball. Um, that's something my husband and I have really picked up and have enjoyed. Uh, I finally, after 20 plus years, have a decent sized garden that isn't overrun with weeds um so that's been uh, a lot of fun just doing some gardening um i always fight my husband to be able to get out and ride the ride on lawnmower because he is retired and so when i get get home i don't always get the the joys of mowing lawn but just uh going for walks is another nice thing we do i've got a very close family here my family lives in town so i do spend a fair bit of time with them uh, so i enjoy that from, from that perspective uh i plan to become a snowbird um i'm in in the in the planning stages of that now i'm getting a test run but hopefully my husband and i will be going down and enjoying a lot more pickleball um, in sunny Arizona uh, Arizona. moving forward. Arizona. So... But you'll still continue with the fire department. Well, That's you, your, I mean, do you see an end date here? I mean, you're still pretty young, but do you see that is there like a, a line in the sand where you say, well, I reached this age, that's it. I'm. It'll be when my husband and I choose to move from the community. Um, Prince George, even though it's home, uh, we do want to move a little where it's a little less uh, winter. So at some point in time down the, the road, we may find ourselves in the interior or somewhere else. Um, in that point in time, I think that will be the natural transition that uh, uh, will be done. Now, if 
you know, we end up moving to a small community somewhere else that has a volunteer fire department and they still allow uh, individuals to join no matter how old you are. That might be something that we still choose to do, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Sure, you get in there with your walker. Uh, I don't think we'll be accepted at that stage, but... Uh, you but never know. We have dispatch, right? Yeah. Anyway, anyway we're going to go to a quick break here, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about fire safety. The Exploration Place has been offering school programming to classrooms across northern B.C. since 2001. Thanks to an $80,000 grant from the Drax Foundation, school visits and programs are being offered free of charge to northern B.C. elementary, secondary, and post-secondary schools. The goal is to support education and skills development in science, technology, engineering, and math. Bookings are still being accepted for the current school year. Teachers can initiate a booking by contacting the Exploration Place education team. The Prince George Council of Seniors is coordinating the United Way's Better at Home program. If you are 55 plus and could use help with grocery shopping or some light housekeeping, contact the Prince George Council of Seniors Better at Home coordinator at 250-564-5888 to see if you qualify for these services. It's all designed to help seniors remain independent. Better at Home from the United Way and your Prince George Council of Seniors. Call 250-564-5888. This is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I'm with Sharon Elliott, and that's with two Ts, uh, who's a volunteer with the Prince George, or no, the Pine View Community, no, the Pine View Volunteer Fire Department. There, I got it. Um, and now I wanted to talk to you about um, maybe some tips uh, for homeowners when it comes to being fire smart. I appreciate we're, you know, coming into the winter season. Uh Anyone out there, if you go on and Google uh, Fire Smart BC, there are manuals online um, that give you great tips on what you can do with your own personal property um, to have a chance that if a fire... Um, forest fire comes through and, and let's just say Prince George is probably due. We've had the fires all around us. So it's just smart to be able to do that. But, uh, simple things about just making sure you keep all the dry brush away from your homes at the end of the day. Um, you know, people like welcome mats, but believe it or not, if you have a welcome mat on a wooden porch and we have a fire go through, the embers get stuck in the welcome mats and three hours later that's now caught your, 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 um, porch on, on fire. And so I understand the biggest risk isn't necessarily a fire sweeping over your house, it's the embers coming down from the fire landing on your roof or landing on... Yeah. And that's, you know, having your, you're not cleaning your east troughs out, right? Something like that. But even if you don't have time to clean your east troughs out, if a fire's coming through, um, they may you simply plug it and fill them full of water, right? Because that will then keep that from, from on fire. But it's just, you know, regular lawn maintenance at the end of the day. As much as you like maybe that ornamental bark that's by your, your right up against your house, if that stuff's uh, flammable and it's not been treated, then it's probably not a good thing to have um, at the end of the day. But as I said, please go online, pull out the Fire Smart Manual. Um, it's got really good tips and stuff in there, and, and, and review it every year with your with your family. And so that's one of the advantages of keeping a well-watered lawn as well. Which is difficult this year because the city certainly has put in restrictions on. And in Pineview, if, you, if you're in my area where you're on a community well, you can't water your lawn. Right. So it's a matter of what can you do to make sure that, um, you know, maybe you have rock up to your house for that first um, couple feet rather than it being grass. Right. Um, so there's op- opportunities around that. Um, not to mention we were in drought situations. So probably having grass is not always the, the best thing to have. Um, but everyone's a little bit different in terms of what they need and, and what they want. But but as they said, great tips online with Fire Smart BC. OK, maybe keeping your lawn 
well well groomed and that way it isn't long and I mean, if it's going to be dry, it just seems like it'd be like a haystack catch on fire, right? And we find during the springtime, some people will think, oh, hey, it's still a really wet outside. Well, the grass is dry on top. It may be wet underneath, but it's just going to go like fire, literally, um, it'll run on the top, right? So you can still get that into the trees and stuff. So um, don't just think because the grass, or the ground is wet, that doesn't mean that fire still can't happen with tall grass. Right. You know, I've seen in the past people putting sprinklers on their roofs, and now I see that they have um, devices that are specifically designed for that, that you would attach to eaves troughs, and it it sprinkles your, your roof. So in the event that a fire comes through, you've, you've maintained a wet roof. Yeah. And that's part of the sprinkler protection um, units that go out. They'll actually set that up on your homes. Again, everyone's different. So, again, we're looking at the volunteer fire department area. We don't have necessarily that water source. If you're on a well, your well's dependent on your power. If power goes out, then you're not going to get water up on your roof, right? Nice. But there are kits that you can buy for your home. Um, they are out there um, to be able to provide that protection. And I have certainly seen that in, in people that have cabins um, where they have that water source that they're able to do that. But likewise, for you for that to work, you need to be in that area when that fire's coming through. And that's probably not a good place for you to be at the end of the day, right? Because you're going to be evacuated long before that fire comes to your house uh, for that sprinkler place. So the more things that you can do, just the day-to-day stuff around your house is probably going to be more worthwhile long-term that you've protected your home to do that. Right, and and it's as you said, we're, we're probably due. That isn't necessarily a guarantee, but um, knowing that, it, it, it's prudent to maybe take steps in the event that it happens, because these things kind of they come out of the blue, right? And if you haven't taken these steps, that sometimes take a while to to get to the point where they're they're functional. Um, then it puts you at a, at a at a risk. Now you were talking about there's a, there's another great agency that people could actually volunteer for too. Yeah. So the Prince George Highway Rescue is a agency in town that covers uh, motor vehicle accidents um, that are outside um, the various fire departments and catchment areas. Um, so they will um, get called to motor vehicle accidents um, such as going out to, to Purden Lake because there isn't an actual fire department out in that area. Um, so that's another o- opportunity that people can go in and get some uh, great training. I know that they are um, hurting for volunteers uh, like most agencies at the end of the day sure. and they, are, they have a website uh, online that you can just uh, research them, Prince George Highway Rescue, um, another option. Right, the Prince George Highway Prince George Regional Highway Rescue. Their phone number is 250-562-25. Did it get cut off? It got cut off. Okay. They're on They're on the website. I pulled off um, that information when I was just before I came. Yeah, I should have looked at that before I, I read it off. But um, And then there are other regional districts around the, I mean, if you're not anywhere near Pineview, there are other regional districts that also have volunteer fire departments. So the regional district for Fraser Fort George encompasses the Prince George, Mackenzie, McBride, Valmont um, areas. So if you live in, in Vanderhoof or if you're in Quinnell, then you're going to have your own regional districts and your own volunteer fire departments in those areas. Right, we have Bear Lake, Hickson, Salmon Valley, Beaverly, McBride, Shell Glen, Buckhorn, Nest Lake, Pilot Mountain, Ferndale Tabor, Red Rock Stoner, yourself, Pine View, and the Valmont District. Oh, all right. And so if somebody wants to volunteer, like I say, we go to the website. Do you know offhand what your website's URL is? 
Uh, it's a, a big long one, but if you just put uh, Regional District of Fraser Fort George, you'll come up with their normal website, and then you'll be able to see fire departments, and you can click on that, and you'll be able to um, go further in there to actually get contact numbers for the various fire departments. Um, there's a question and answer page in terms of some of the questions you asked me today, Wayne, um, is on there, so you can get that same information. Um, and then it just basically says if you're interested in volunteering for um, a department, um, to reach out the, to that individual department and, and just find out what their criteria are for uh, volunteering. Sure, and the regional district number is 960 of course, area code 250. Now, okay, we've talked about maybe some of the facts involved in firefighting and whatnot. Can you dig deep back into your well of memory and come up with maybe a couple of examples of, of uh, events or incidents that, you know, really, I don't know, um, inspired you or um, um, were memorable in your experience as a firefighter? Well, there's always the ones that you're going to remember where, you know, there's fatalities and stuff. Um, never that you ever plan to do that. You know, as I said, that's not my, my day-to-day job. And so when we get those events, it's really important that we as a team come together and um, debrief afterwards. Um, we have a critical incident stress um, process that um, every department uh, follows. So that kind of helps you be able to put in its place. Um, those are always, as I said, memorable, not necessarily for the, the good reasons, but um, those are always there. Um you know, there's always funny stories in terms of uh, what we do. Maybe it's not so much the calls, but uh, like our fire department just recently, um, we we had a zombie night. So we had uh, one of two of our members that uh, got some people dressed up in zombies, and uh, um, we were out on our training ground uh, playing with that and doing some fun first aid, like nothing right. that you'd actually ever do. So it's stuff like that. It's it's you know when you say memorable stuff, it's the you know barbecues and the Christmas parties that we have and getting to meet our members' spouses, both males and 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 females and uh, sometimes they said it's and seeing the young guys that are the ladies that have been in our department as junior cadets just although right now we don't have that program um, but seeing them come on as a 16 17 year old um, and then continue on until they're 20 and then usually they're uh, going away to school or moving away but just seeing them uh, progress in terms of uh, their skill level um, and interest um, to be able to do that so when we talk about those memorable memories those are the ones that again are, are important to me that you know walking away is just that that connection to be able to to have some um, fun and and because um, they said we do this or I do this because I believe in giving back to the community um, I want to be able to help my neighbor if they're in need I, w- I want to be helped if I'm ever in need um, but it's just it's being able to go in and um, just have some some um, good good training some good nights um, with people that uh, are, are doing this uh, to give back to the community awesome okay we're gonna go to a quick break and we'll be back with more of the find you volunteer fire department washrooms and a select number of city parks will close to the public for the winter at the end of this month a few parks will also be closing to vehicle access carrie jane gray and Connaught hill parks will close for the season on monday october 30th while nachaco riverside park will close once the snow arrives Meanwhile, washrooms at Clay Leitonay, Duchess, and Carrie Jane Gray Parks will close on Tuesday, October 31st. Outhouses at Connaught Hill, Rainbow, and Chaco Riverside Parks will also be closed for winter. The City of Prince George advises drivers to be aware of a road closure at the intersection of Bear and Deer Roads in the Vanway area. 
The intersection is closed through the end of the month from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily for the water main tie-in for a U-Haul project. The city of Prince George reminds motorists to always obey all signage and traffic personnel around road work and construction zones. That's the intersection of Berendeer Roads, closed from 7 to 6 daily through the end of October. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly cloudy, a 60% chance of flurries early this afternoon, wind from the north at 20K, gusting to 40, a high of minus 1 with a wind chill to minus 8. Tonight clearing, gusting north winds continuing, a low of minus 9 with a wind chill to minus 16. On Tuesday, sunny, more gusting north winds, a high of minus 4 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 9. This is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. We are with Shannon Elliott of the Prince Pine View. I want to keep saying the Prince George Fire Department. It's the Pine View Regional. It's not, actually, you guys are the Area D Rescue. Pine View Volunteer Fire Department and Area D Rescue. There you go. And so what, what does that structure look like? You said that there are different components to this? Yeah. So we have the 13 volunteer fire departments in our regional district area. Again, everything that surrounds the Prince George, Valmont, um, McKenzie um, area. Um, some departments, such as ours in Pineview and Beaverly and Shell Glen, just within the Prince George um, outline areas, uh, we have um, what we refer to as area area rescue. So we have apparatus that have the jaws of life and all the equipment so that if there is a motor vehicle accident, um, we have that special training and we have that special equipment to be able to go in and hopefully um, get people out of vehicles or out of cars. Um, so if, a, if we have a motor vehicle accident, let's say in Buckhorn's area, Buckhorn will still go to that call um, as the fire department and then Air ED Rescue will go in um, as a support to be able to take care of the actual extrication or whatever is needed with respect to that particular call. I see. But if, say, an amb- the ambulance service has shown up, then they would be the ones that would be responsible for the first aid and whatnot. It, again, it depends on the circumstances. Um, the Ideally, if the car is still on the highway and the ambulance is able to get into the vehicle, yes, that is their primary responsibility. Our responsibility is to support ambulance and, and get that person out of the vehicle. Okay. Um, however, if that vehicle's down an embankment, um, ambulance doesn't have the uh, the equipment to be able to, to go all the way down, to be able to get a person out of the vehicle, get them onto, say, a spine board and get them up in a basket and then have the ropes and stuff to be able to do that. That's where the specialty comes in with the... Um, RED Rescue um, or other departments. Um, I mentioned before that Prince George Highway Regional Highway Rescue, um, they provide that service um, when the fire department area and catchment areas end. Um, so they would be supporting the ambulance with respect to that service at the end of the day. So, yeah, so I appreciate Wayne. Wayne had asked me to, to come and, and uh, uh, provide some background. So maybe I'll just give you a little bit of what our, our, our training structure looks like, like Wayne had mentioned Thank what we're, we're kind of doing. So, uh, again, for, for our hall, because we have motor vehicle, fire, and medical, we try to at least uh, for the, the month of whatever month it is, we have one medical training, one fire training, and one motor vehicle accident training. Um, And sometimes we may combine them. We may have a full scenario so that we can actually put our our skills um, to the test and combining all of them at the end of the day. Um, Sometimes I've seen some of your scenarios. I've actually been through the extraction with the jaws of life, which is really quite fun. So, you know... So, so just to give people some examples that when we're looking and training on the various um, equipments, understandably we're out in our training ground. Um, so in Pineview, we have a number of vehicles that get donated usually from locals in the community. Right. Um, 
that we'll go out and practice on. How do we do a door removal and stuff like that? How do we get the, the vehicle away from the, the patient at the end of the day? Um, but there are times where when it's minus 30 um, and we need to do auto X training, uh, we have had it set up so we'll do like a maze inside of our hall. So we'll take our, our large uh, cribbing blocks and you may take the jaws to learn how to open and close them and you'll grab a cribbing block and then you'll do like a Jenga at the end of the day. Okay, a cribbing block. You're going to have to explain. This is radio so we need to describe what these things are. What's a cribbing it's basically block? basically where you're taking a 2x4 four or a four 4x4 four, and then you're piling it on one another like a Jenga. Oh, I see. So that what you're doing is you're putting that under a vehicle to provide the support um, so the vehicle's not moving when you're having to do a door removal or whatever. It's I see, and then each piece is just a little at a time so it gradually right. lifts. But we'll take, you know, as I said, when we're, we're trying to have some fun and when it's minus 30, we'll actually have um, a structure uh, built up and then now you have to grab a block out of there. But the practice is, is learning how to use the tools and knowing, you know, that you can be very sensitive on them just based on the turn of the handle to be able to grab it to pull it out. Um, so there's stuff like that that we will will do, as they said, to try to make the training also uh, fun at the end of the day, um, where we don't, as they said, if it's raining or stuff like that. But there are times where, yes, we're out in the pouring rain because guess what? That's what we'd actually be in a real-life call. So it's important that we get familiar wearing our heavy gear, wearing all of our protective equipment. It's so important, again, that we go home safe, um, that you know how to be able to do that. So um, doing rope practice, so when we practice our ropes for various things some people like to just you know take the gloves off so you get used to knowing how to tie them however that's not going to do it on a scene you need right. to have your fire gloves if you're doing a ropes for for fire or you need to have your auto x gloves on if you're doing to be able to to do ropes so it's it's important as i said we train as as close as we can on a real life scene because we want you to have that that memory and that skill set we're training for for two and a half hours once a week uh, I appreciate for if you're a career fire department, you're training, you're, you're on a, you know, four, four day shift, maybe doing 12 hour shifts. I'm not sure how they, they work in Prince George. Um, so you're constantly doing that but with volunteer fire departments. We've got to try and make sure we give you as much great training in, in a limited time as possible. Um, we will bring in, um, sometimes specialists, especially when it's auto X to, to do a weekend training event so that, uh, we're making sure we're keeping our skills completely up to speed, uh, with someone who's a specialist out in that area. Otherwise we may send one or two members out and then they'll come back and they'll train the rest of us. Um, when we're volunteer fire departments, it is a tax base, uh, that, that's, provides us our funding right. um, and it's important at the end of the day that we're being mindful of, of those dollars that sometimes as much as we all want to go training and do stuff uh, we may not have the the budget that will allow for us to make sure we're getting trained in all the areas that we need to at the end of the day um, so it, it come back to we are volunteers we we people that are you know in our department that do 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 the training um, they're they're having to prep for that it's not just coming in doing two hour, two half hours. You're coming in doing that prep work to make sure that that scenario or that training is set up well in advance. Um, when we do our first aid training, they say on paper that's a 40 hour course that you need to, to take. The reality is you got to do all your studying up before that. There's lots of more practice. So, um, it's not just coming in on a, a Tuesday to do that. There's stuff that you'll need to be doing at, on, at home when you have your kids at home and you've got your work and you've got your puppies and whatever, whatever else. So it's a, it's a huge commitment. And, and as I said, we have people that have young kids. Um, we've got, um, people that, you know, are grandparents. Um, we just, they, they find a way to make it work, um, when they come in and see what, uh, needs to happen. But, um, it's it's as he said. We try to make it fun at the end of the day um, because you are you are giving this time um, to to other people and, and to your community. But it's interesting. The training, I, 
obviously when it comes to working with the trucks and working with the mechanical equipment, there's, there's some detail involved in that. But it's even as simple as putting on your gear. There are steps to doing that, uh, using the uh, oxygen tanks and whatnot, being orienting yourself with the masks and whatnot. There are a lot of little details that you don't you'd expect. Okay, I throw on my jacket and my boots and away I go. That's just not the way it goes. As a matter of fact, when I was there, I saw a demonstration of one of your volunteers putting on his gear in a timely manner, trying to beat a certain uh, standard. I think it was a minute or something like that he was trying to put on his equipment and showing that there are these particular steps to to just putting on your equipment. It isn't as simple as just tossing stuff on. So I imagine a lot of the other training when it comes to the, the trucks and, and um, some of the other technical gear that you have on the trucks, that there is an awful lot of information that needs to be absorbed. There, there is, and, he, and you know, I've been at this hall for over 25 years, and I'm still learning and relearning. And if the truck sometimes is parked the opposite way, I go to the wrong side of the truck to find a, a equipment, right? Uh, in part because I said, I'm not doing this. This is not my job. This is not something I'm doing 12 hours a day, right? Um, and, you know, when we get a call, you know, I'm I'm in my own personal life at that point in time. The call comes out, medical, whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, you got to switch that on. Now, you're getting, you know, out of bed, you know, into your coveralls, getting into your car, right, to be able to do that. Um, it's... It, it 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 does take a lot for you to get to that comfort zone to be able to do that thinking oh my what am I going to do right or what um, are you getting into what are you getting into right and it's always important too that especially with our department if you're not comfortable doing something if something triggers you in terms of if we get a medical call that it's to a, an elderly person and maybe you had your grandmother or something pass away recently you have permission to not attend calls we carry we carry a pager or or you may carry a radio. And uh, we also have a, a program now that comes across our phones so that we can be able to read that. Um, but you have permission not to attend a call because, as they said, families first, then work, then the fire department. Sure. Oh, and if you maybe even vibed in a beer or something and it's like, yeah. okay, you have to excuse yourself. And that's, yeah, that's understandable. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back with Shannon. The City of Prince George, Your City, Your Priorities budget survey is underway. Share your views on what you believe the City of Prince George budget priorities should be for 2024. The community input results will be provided to City Council prior to their budget deliberations in January. The survey and other information regarding the 2024 budget consultation is available on the Get Involved page under Community and Culture at princegeorge.ca. The deadline for the 2024 budget survey is October 31st. In response to tremendous interest, non-returnables has been held over at Two Rivers Gallery now on through January 7th. Non-returnables brings together artists from across B.C. with work exploring our relationship with plastic. Representing a wide range of perspectives, the exhibition provokes a consideration of critiques, solutions, and reimaginings of plastic and its impact individually, socially, and environmentally. Non-returnables, now on through January 7th at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. You're tuned into Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I'm with Shannon Elliott with the Pineview Volunteer Fire Department. Hey, I think I got it right that time. Do you think we've covered everything there possibly is to know about firefighting and fire department, Shannon? Oh, uh, there's so much more, right? It, you're, I said I'm always learning. Um, 
you know, coming on today and, and, and supporting and encouraging people that, you know, if you're interested in volunteering, um, with a department in your immediate area, please do reach out. You should know where your, your local hall is. Um, if you're not in a, an area, you're not certain, as I said, going through the regional districts is always a, a good thing because they can, they can put you in, in contact with, uh, a department or, or provide you a contact for the, the chief in that area so you can be able to, to, uh, connect with them. Um, it's as he said. It's just it would just t- tip of the iceberg, right? At the end of the day, um, I never ever imagined myself ever doing you know firefighting as a volunteer. As I said, it just happened to, to fall in my lap, and I've I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, ninety nine percent of the times, I said there are times where it's like, oh, I signed up for what? I'm doing this free for for what? But uh, um, but it, you get that no matter where you're at, right? Um, I can just encourage people. As I said, that um, I know we all live very busy lives. Um, I know that, uh, you know, there's so many things that are on the go and, and you've got people have kids and stuff like that. Um, but giving back to your community, because at the end of the day, um, it may be your house on fire, right? It may be your neighbor's house on fire. Um, people sometimes think even when they, they live out in um, an area D area that the city fire department's going to come out. It's like, well, no, that's, that's just not how it works. Um, being able to do that. Right. So it's, uh, no, there's these invisible lines yeah. that separate communities, you know, the city from um, rural areas and, and, you you know, these rural areas really depend on these volunteer fire departments. It's life and death, right? Because it isn't just fire as you do. Yeah. You do first aid, you do rescue. Um, so if you have that opportunity to contribute, and it, it isn't, you know, I don't want to give people the impression that it's some difficult, um, physical, mind-numbing task. It's not. It's fun. It's a club. It's an environment where you help each other grow. You help each other become not necessarily just better firefighters, but just better people, right? You uh, have that opportunity to serve your community, and you have that opportunity to get those little moments in life that you don't necessarily get in other situations where you've made that difference in somebody's life somebody's had a really really bad day and you've been there to help them make it a little bit better yep now i'm curious when you're talking about donations you said that you have cars that uh, uh you use to um, simulate extractions and to simulate other events now how would someone go about donating not necessarily just cars can people donate equipment can people donate money how else can somebody support the fire department without being a volunteer so in equipment and stuff like that, like we're, we, we still need to ensure that we're buying equipment that is, uh, to standard. So it's not like someone can just come in and drop off an axe or anything like that. Um, but in terms of vehicles, as you said, there are, um, a few agencies within the regional district that do do auto extrication. Um, if you have a vehicle, I mean, again, I just encourage you to connect with the, the regional district. They can tell you what, uh, um, motor vehicle or area D rescue uh, or rescue societies in your area and you can touch bases with that chief to see if they're accepting vehicles. Um, I know it's just personally for Pineview, usually our deputy chief will put a Pineview post out and saying, hey, we're now uh, collecting vehicles and uh, we're willing to come in and uh, bring them in. Um, we've got a compound that we can hold them, but we can only have so many vehicles yes, and then we got to exactly. you know, clean it up at the end of the day. So those are still options in terms of if you have a vehicle that uh, you uh, would like to donate to be able to do that. Uh, understandably, we 
have newer and newer vehicles, and the vehicles that usually people that are donating in the backyards are the old clunkers. But it's still a door that we're learning to remove. It's still a roof we're learning to uh, to, to remove, right? Um, you know, we've I've never uh, operated or, or worked on a uh, electric vehicle. Um, those of themselves are a whole new uh, um, new can of worms in terms of dealing Definitely, with yeah. with the lithium batteries. Uh, you just can't put them out. The wa- just putting water on is not going to put a lithium bat- a battery out. So um, departments um, will start seeing that. But we have a lot of people that drive through on the highway through our area. So it's just a matter of time. So we are uh, doing training on that. You, oh, I was going to ask, have you got additional training on well, lithium batteries? Training on, but we also too don't have the water source which is what you need to put out a, um, a vehicle. So that vehicle may right. need to be in an area where um, it's just supported to, to burn with making sure that the toxic fumes and stuff aren't around. Because um, it said, as a department, when you say volunteers and stuff, we have our tax base, but um, we don't have the equipment that would necessarily allow us to um, to put a vehicle out. Or, you know, it could take, you know, three days worth of water to put out um, some of the vehicles, just, again, depending on how badly the, ba- the batteries are damaged. Um, so people can go on YouTube videos and be able to see um, um, electric vehicle fires and just how how serious they are at the end of the day. So best thing you do if you have a vehicle to fire and it's clearly electric, just keep your distance uh, away from it. Um, you get know, out of the car. Yeah, first get out of the car if you can um, and go that route. So Now what about money? Can people donate or say a flat of water? Or a flat of pop, or we've, we've had we've had um, community members that have come back after maybe burning their grass when they shouldn't have, and we have a plate of cookies that are now uh, donated to the department. So uh, um, we're never going to say no to, to you know uh, water and stuff like that. So, again, every department's different, and and go on that route. Um, you know, for our fire departments, uh, we have uh, ability that with every call or every training event we go to, we have money that goes into an association association fund. And with that association fund, we do have bursaries. So um, we have, you know, for our own members or for members um, with children or kids that are in the Pineview area that are maybe going on to the university, um, we've had them request um, bursaries from um, our association. So oh. if someone, you know, wanted to put money towards something like that, we'd certainly accept it. But uh, um, I appreciate getting some holes financially may be hurting more and is it someone like willow river who's um doesn't receive a funding source from a tax base um they certainly um you know appreciate any donations they may have get um all of our old equipment once it's expired um there's a um program that actually uh, takes all the the equipment in terms of uh, the gear and stuff and it gets donated to um third world countries so they at least have some gear even though it's expired they have gear that they can at least keep themselves safe. Right, and expired doesn't mean they're dead. It just means it's past a, a, a I don't know a standard that they have for you to replace it. Yes, yeah, it's just it's a date at some point in time. But for you know, we still need to maintain that within our department. But it doesn't mean that other countries um, who have nothing they still appreciate getting those type of equipment. Okay, I want to remind people it's the Pineview Volunteer Fire Department, and if you're interested in volunteering for any of these. Um, Associations go to the regional district. They have a list, and um, I want to thank you, Shannon, for sitting here for the next hour and telling us all about fire departments. Uh, I've been, I live next to Pineview, so I would be a little worried if people were donating brownies uh, after a fire department. I'd at least get them checked before you consume them. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, stay tuned next week, and we'll have. I, I think I have witches on next week. 
Halloween. You've been listening to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Listen for a rebroadcast of today's program tonight at 9. For past shows, check out the archives link at CFISFM.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, please email CFISFM at yahoo.ca.